gonna move on to Artemnesia. We're gonna do the first woman death address. It's kind of insane. So if you've ever seen 300, The Rise of an Empire, give me one second. I have to do a change. (laughs) That's that's the one with um the dinosaurs. Is this her character? Eva Green. Yes. I didn't actually see this. This is who I'm talking about. Eva Green is her character. And it's the time frame you mentioned. The time frame you Um, mentioned is is it before or after dinosaurs? Yeah, right uh, around the same time. Same time. Same time. Okay, perfect. <laughs> perfect. Then, then we're right on track, boys and girl. Time to learn. Time to laugh. It's the death address. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of The Death Address. Today, Ray is going to be leading the charge since he did some research on uh, the two people he's going to be talking about here. So, Ray, go ahead and take it away. Let us know who we're who we're listening in on and learning about today. Alrighty. So, uh, the first person that I will be discussing is Sigurd the Mighty, um, also known as Sigurd Einsteinson. Um, he was born in Sigurd Einsteinson. Einsteinson. Yeah, it, huh. it's a legit thing. Um, it's E-Y with an S after that, T-E-I-N-S-S-O-N. So, um, he reigned from 875 to 892. He was the second Earl of Orkney, which we're going to get into. A title bequeathed to Sigurd by his brother, Ragnvald, which is also interesting. Liking, liking the name so far. Yeah, it's, uh, one of those fun things. So, essentially, Sigurd, according to my research, wasn't really much of anything, but he had a brother who was a monster in <laughs> all aspects. <laughs> so he was he was known as your, that guy's brother? Uh, pretty much, to be honest. So, he was bestowed as, like, they gave him Orkney. And the Shetland Islands and everything like that. And his brother, simply because his son Ivar was killed in battle, was like, I can't be here anymore. I don't want to be here anymore. You can have it. So his brother was like given all this land. And uh, Sigurd was just kind of like, okay, sure. Cool. Cool. So my favorite part of this tale is coming up. Um, His... His reign wasn't great. Like, he didn't do much. He didn't do much for anybody. And he really didn't reign for a long time. He reigned for, like, 12 years. He was just kind of there. But my favorite part of this entire story is that to challenge him, there was a the Scots decided, like, hey, fuck this king. We don't like him. Right? So this king shows up one day and is like, hey. I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to show you 40 horses, and you bring your best 40 horses, and we're going to fight. Like, with people riding them, or just... It wasn't like a horse. We're going to put him in this ring, let him go. crazy, dude. Hidalgo lost his mind. What was the time period? What were, like, the year range again? Dude, so the year range is 875 to 892 is when he was reigning. And when he was, like, fighting, it was, like, 880 okay. or something like that. And 
he was like a conqueror for a little bit. Like he did do his part. There's not too much to explain his early years, but his brother, like I said, was like his main claim to fame. Harold Finehair, if you've seen the show Vikings, actually, Harold Finehair like gifted these people like this land in this mm-hmm. particular spot. So that actually happened. That was a weird thing. Um, but Sigurd going up against the Scottish king was like, okay, I'll show up with 40 horses. And so both people show up to the battlefield, right? They each have 40 horses. And Sigurd bamboozled the shit out of this other king. I don't know how he managed to do it. But he showed up with two people per horse, so he had 80 people. That's why you got can't leave it open for interpretation. Dude, he like straight up cheated the system somehow. And to be fair, the Scott King should have specified. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say, like, dude, show up with forty horses, and Sigurd was like, "Word, I'm gonna put two people on each." (laughs) Yeah, literally, he could he could have just had an entire army like walking forty horses, and like, like, it's kind of epic in its own way. It's just like, dude, like he just kind of like destroyed this man at his own game. Like, yeah, that's a smart move, dude. Like, too much smart move. Sigurd was like, dude, hop on, dude, let's go. Yeah. Grab your buddy. Um, We're going to war. (laughs) Yeah, dude. War horse. (laughs) Let's do this. So they went into this battle. And, of course, the Scots got absolutely destroyed, dude. Like, just absolutely annihilated. And throughout the entire battle, Sigurd, at the end of it, was like, you know what? We need trophies. We need to show people exactly how badass we were. Naturally. And so they go in, they cut off the heads of every single person on the battlefield, whether it was them or the other people, like they cut off the heads, they mounted everything on their horses to bring it back. So the idea was that even the people that died for them in battle would live on, you know, through. Gotcha. So they put those on the left side. They put those heads on the left side of their horses. And as they're riding... Sigurd, of course, arrogant as shit, just won his battle, put the other king's head on the right side of his horse. He has a snaggle tooth. <laughs> Sigurd or the king? As terrible as this may sound, and I'm not trying to shit on a dead man. Right? The king has a snaggle tooth? Yeah, the king has a snaggle tooth, and he is also Sigurd's trophy that he is riding back to his homeland with. And this snaggletooth ate away at his calf muscle. So it continuously degraded his calf calf muscle so much that it caused a wound. This wound grew into an inflammation that eventually became an infection that ultimately killed him before he could even get back to his home. Oh my God. So the whole time he's just like letting this thing just scratch his leg. He doesn't notice it at all. I'm such a sensitive millennial. Like, if I feel a hair, like an ingrown hair, I'm like, ew. Like, how did he not feel that? Right? And I was Dude, just, he's just all... too caught up in his own shit at this point. Like, he doesn't care, man. Like, we all just said how smart this guy was for putting two people on horseback. And then this motherfucker rides back home with a snaggle tooth just fucking biting him the entire time. He can't he's always like, be a winner. Yeah, dude. Like, it's kind of incredible. It's kind of cool. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's poetic. 
It's very poetic, dude. The dude did not know what karma meant, and karma probably didn't even exist. I mean, it's the year 800, so... I just picture it, I just picture, like, the head being, like, when you cut off a snake head, so, like, the whole time he's riding on the horse, the head still is, like... Dude, it's just... (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it's it's gonna be a head. Like, it's still there. It's It's gonna do its thing, like... His one mistake was he should have fucking cut off that snaggletooth. Should have filed the teeth tape down. over the mouth. There's a lot of solutions, <laughs> dude. Something, man. Oh, but okay, oh. so so to like go deeper into his story a little bit, um, he actually was like one of the first people to like fight the Danes. If you know who the Danes are, our listeners might not. So the Danes, they were uh, they were a people of Scottish descent. And they wanted to, of course, destroy the shit out of this man. They couldn't touch him in a weird, weird way. They just couldn't. They subdued pirate Vikings throughout their entire, like, life. Like, they would catch people coming in on ships, but they could not siege his castle. Um, The castle that he was given. And then all of a sudden, when he died, man, they just, like, vacated. It's really weird. Like it's a bizarre tale, huh? And they, the Danes, hated Sigurd, or they liked Sigurd. They, the Danes hated Sigurd. They were Scots. They, they and did they, not like. And him. they disappeared when he died. That's fucking weird. Well, it's not that they like disappeared. They just kind of gave up on the land. And um, <laughs> this isn't fun anymore. Now that we don't have to fight him, I'm leaving. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But, like, his exploits in conquering, like, the north of Scotland entirely became legendary and earned him, like, they earned him the mighty because nobody wanted to fight him. They just kind of gave up. It's so weird. Like, his legend just kind of lived on. So, like, when he died, did he just, like, fall off his horse and die? Or did they, like, pull over and lay him down and be like, ah, fuck, Snaggletooth got him, he's dead? There's not a lot that they say on it. The only thing that I have seen as far as like his actual death was just that he started throwing up everywhere like and couldn't like (laughs) he couldn't keep a meal down is what they were saying. And they made camp and then he just died. (laughs) Well, I was going to I was going to go with the whole ending of being like he was so prideful that that man died with a smile on his face still. And then you went ahead and said that. And I was like, I I guarantee you probably was so drunk, dude, that it didn't even matter at that point. Like he had just won a battle like they were riding back home. Like he was probably just shit faced and died of liberty. So he definitely had a smile on his face. But. But yeah, Yeah. it it says toward the end of his reign, Sigurd challenged a native ruler, male bright, the Bucktooth, a 40-man sided battle. Sigurd brought 80 men to the fight. (laughs) (laughs) Male bright was defeated and beheaded. Sigurd strapped his head to a saddle as a trophy, but as Sigurd rode, male bright's Bucktooth scratched his leg. (laughs) I swear to God, dude, you can look this shit up. (laughs) The leg became inflamed and infected, and as a result, Sigurd's head was like a sticky grenade in Halo, like kill from the grave. 
Kill from the grave, yeah, exactly. So both both uh both Sigurd and I guess Mailbright died with a smile on their face. Dude, the yeah, Mailbright definitely died with a smile on his face. With that boat, Sigurd died with the smile on his leg. That's the only way. He had to have been smiling to eat that. Uh, he died with a smile on his leg. Very nice. So there's not much else on you know yeah. on Sigurd. So we're gonna move on. Alrighty, so let's get started on Archimnesia, our first female character in the Death Address. So she was likely born around 520 BC in uh, Halicarnassus, near what is today known as Bodrum, Turkey. It was the capital back then. Archimnesia, she inherited her throne from her husband, whose name is not known. So that's where it starts getting dicey. Was this the guy we talked about earlier that you said his name was Amen? No, this is a female. Um, no, her husband, the love of her life. Yeah, so, yeah. Okay. It's it's debated whether she actually did love somebody because of how cold-hearted she was. In, <laughs> uh, in a way. Um, but also, we'll get into how cliche her death ended up being. Um, we'll discuss Ooh. that. But she was the biggest lieutenant of Xerxes. So her kingdom included Halicarnassus and the nearby islands of Kos, Kalinos, and Niseros. And Artemisia had at least one son, okay. uh, who ruled her kingdom of Halicarnassus after her between roughly 460 and 450 BCE. So... Um, as far as the Persian Wars go, when Xerxes went to war against Greece, Artemisia was the only woman among his commanders. So, like, that's pretty fucking huge, yeah, you know? Like she's, a, like, she's a beast. And, yeah, it's and, Eva, and Eva nowadays, Green, you know what I mean? we get excited when there's the, the first female referee, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it only took, like, <laughs> so I think she a few thousand more years for women to get the right to vote, too. <laughs> they're like hey this girl has some crazy mad skills so let's let her control this arty army of eighty thousand people yeah sounds about right uh she brought five ships 70 total and sent them into battle the five ships were forces with reputation for ferocity and valor and they totally wiped out anything in front of them she always sent five that was her rule hmm. herodotus Suggests that Xerxes or Xerxes select, like selected Artemisia to lead a squadron to embarrass the Greeks, and embarrass them she did. She <laughs> absolutely destroyed them in battle. She sent her five ships first. The Greeks thought they were about to win the like this huge war, and then all of a sudden moved in with seventy thousand troops, and just absolutely like demolished them. So, real quick, was there any explanation as to why she had her five-ship rule, or that's just what it was? No, there really isn't. Um, a lot of people just think that it was a lot of bait-and-switch, and they think that a woman could not lead kind of thing. And so it was, we're going to send five ships as a scout. We don't care if they die. We don't, you know, we have the numbers, we have the strength, and we will be there. All right. And so, I mean, of course, you know, if you read actual history, she won the Battle of Thermopylae against the Greeks. 
She won the Battle of Monopoly. That's how the game started and why it took so long. <laughs> Fucking, she bought the stadium. She had the stadium and everything. She passed go way more than the other ones. In she she passed go the, like six. Is it the iron? <laughs> <laughs> um, but in August of 480 BCE, Xerxes sent or Xerxes, sorry, Xerxes. Get Zergi. old, Zergi, dude. It's the ancestor to Fergie. But they sent this man, Mardonis, to talk to each of his naval commanders separately about the upcoming Battle of Salamis. Artemisia was the only one who said, no, I'm done. I'm done fighting on the sea. I want to fight on land. I want to fuck these people up. And she suggested that uh, Xerxes wait, like offshore, like, sure, fine, we'll fight, but you just stay over here. She was very, very blunt about their chances against the Greeks, but uh, they didn't have the challenge. And while he was pleased with that, she provided a separate viewpoint. Xerxes ignored her advice, of course, including to follow the majority opinion, which was, of course, go and fight more. Mm -hmm. So during the Battle of Salamis, Artemisia found her flagship was being chased by an Athenian vessel. And they didn't have any chance of, like, escape whatsoever. So she did what any of us would do. And she turned the ship around and rammed them. Naturally. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> She straight up turned the ship around and was like, fuck you. Rammed we'll, it. We'll We've all played enough video games that <laughs> you know. That you ship that she rammed sank with all of their soldiers. Like they, they sing, and they That's were like the Athenians. What? Yeah, dude, they didn't swim. The people didn't like, learn how to swim either back well, then. Dude, so they had like, a mile to go, park. dude. Like, I mean, you can try. I so mean, wait, I'm sure there's did, a few people that made it, but did okay. Artemisia's ship get destroyed, or did they just ran no, down? Like, no, no. <laughs> what up? So the Greek that. CGI abs couldn't even save them <laughs> from the ocean. No, dude, no. <laughs> that spray paint on shit don't work when you sink. Um, yeah, the water washes it off. Blows. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so the Athenians that were confused by her actions, of course, like why would not anybody be confused by this? <laughs> they assumed she was either a Greek ship or that's not who they were like trying to chase. They recalled their entire fleet. They recalled their entire fleet because they're like, yo, what just happened? They're like, dude, there's no way that ship would just turn around and do that. Did, 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 did anybody else get the license plate on that ship? <laughs> no, dude, that's like the best part is that no one from the Caledonian ship survived. And Xerxes was impressed for once in his fucking life. Yeah. You have impressed me. My men have become women. And my women have become men, was Xerxes' exact words. That is a quote from history that you can look up. Gender bending. Quote that shit. Where's all that been for, like, the women empowerment movement and stuff? Like, (laughs) Xerxes was the one that started that, yo. But, I mean, Xerxes was a very, very feminine person. Yeah, in my was. opinion, wasn't it? Was that movies, just, which was is it, okay. That's, that's was that just South Park, or was it actually believed that he might have been a woman? <laughs> I, mean, I think 300 did it justice as well. Um, after the failure at Salamis, 
Xerxes abandoned his invasion of Greece, and Artemisia is credited with persuading him or persuading him with this Patrick. decision. So she was basically like, "Dude, we can't do this. We're trying. We're done." Like I had to ram a boat into another fucking boat, but they had ten other boats. Like we need to leave. I'm not. I'm not a professional boat rammer, but I'm pretty sure I can't ram ten more boats, dude. We need to get the fuck out of here right now. She was basically a pirate. So she turned into a pirate after the Xerxes raids. They didn't really let her be herself, if that makes sense. Um, I don't understand. They continued. They continued to like let her like run stuff, but at the same time, like Xerxes couldn't continue like pursuing a Greek dominance thing. So this is where it starts getting very, very, very interesting. Is that um, her death? She falls in love with this man, and they kind of just do their own pirate shit for about a couple she years. Six sixty, uh, no. 448, that's what it is. So 448 uh, BCE, they're running around. They're just looting and doing everything. So basically like a pirate Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, exactly. And then Xerxes all of a sudden comes in and he decides that this man shouldn't live anymore. That's it. You're done. (laughs) It's over. So Xerxes, in the end executes this man. Well, Artemisia, she fucking hates that. She that didn't sit too it. well with her. I would, I would hope she wasn't okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, you did it. All right. <laughs> the legend has it that she climbed to the tallest mountain that was known by the Greeks at that time to defy Xerxes. She prayed to the Greek gods to bring her love back. Right? That's why I said it was getting very, very cliche. And (laughs) I'm not the fan of this, but at the same time, the repercussions of it are fucking love. So she jumps off this cliff, right? Sacrificing herself to the gods, trying to bring her love back. She dies. She dies really hard. But did it really? It didn't work in the sense of her bringing her love back from death but it did work in the fact that xerxes never want to fight again oh well that's good so So they say and this is why i chose her that she is cursed she's a cursed human being because um she dove off this mountaintop she she did it out of love and everything that's how she killed herself was she dove off the she, mountaintop? She dove. She plunged. That's what the word is. <laughs> she I'm she dolphined down the stairs. <laughs> just straight down. I'm like, um, the logic on that just confuses me so much. Those as as, who like, leapt from this back. rock were said to be cured from passion of love. Because she was that so miserable sense. that she did this. And then Xerxes never won a battle again. 
But like, so that's where the other cliche is, where she's just, she's just a broken, crazy woman and has to go. But like, that's what I'm saying. The logic behind it of like, she wants to bring her love back by like killing herself. So what? Her love comes back and it's like, well, dude, fuck, you have to think about like, like, like it's a vicious yeah. cycle. He's gonna jump off the mountain. She comes back. Yeah. She jumps off the mountain. They're just doing it because they're both. Dude, like, everybody's just jumping off a mountain. Everybody's plunging down the mountain, bro. The they believe the in chose her. So like, that's the way it goes. <laughs> Don't hate the death, hate the it game. Might, it probably made sense <laughs> to everyone else. I was going to say it. But at the same time, I do think right. it is, like, absolutely insane that this woman, like, this woman, she, like, waged war on Athens, was like, fuck yeah. you guys. You know what I mean? And then she fell in love. Uh, his name is Theseus, was his name. Oh, okay. Yeah, what a Theseus. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, like, it's crazy to think that, like, this woman had so much power. He told her to fuck off. She left. Then he killed her husband. And she was like, no, fuck you. I'm diving. Like, I'm done with it. And then... Um, dolphin diving, bro. And then he lost. He, yeah. didn't con- he didn't conquer shit after that. Like, he lost that battle. Was like, word. Now, was she cursed or was she just that good of I a mean, general that he yeah, just... Yeah, he was just lying on her to win all his battles. She was just yeah. that good of a general, dude. Like, that's the thing is, like, she was actually, like, dope. Like, if you read into it a lot more, yeah. like, it's crazy. Like, it's kind of nuts, like, how much she conquered in such a short time. Yeah, and I mean, we had the, the whole sword of Mars for Attila the Hun, so, you know, it doesn't put a path. <laughs> yeah, for dude. The, for the well dolphin, have the dive of the dove, dive, dude. Bro. Dolphin dive for the dolphin dive, dive, dive and dodge. So. But I just, I, I think it's crazy that he had a female lieutenant a long time ago yeah. that literally won every battle, and then she finally lost one, and everybody just kind of got derailed, you know? Yeah. So some uh, some 13 centuries later, this is this is where her death comes into play. Claims that Artemisia fell in love with Abidios. <laughs> what was that name? One more time. Abidios. <laughs> All right. It's spelled A B Y D O S. Abidios. And so he ignored her, and when she. Uh, was ignored. She blinded him while he was sleeping. Ooh. But her love for him increased. Xerxes then killed him. <laughs> <laughs> so and an did... oracle told her to jump from the talk, top of the rock of Lucas L-E-A or L-E-U-C-A-S but she was killed after jumping off of these cliffs because she was in love with him. Xerxes just seems like a very jealous person. Well, yeah. He when he had the god complex, person. too, like when he said he decided this guy needed to die, it was like, he was like, yes. Yeah. I control life yeah. and death. It's time for you to go. But yeah, and then the only modern cultural references that we really have is the movie with Eva Green, which she's so a goddess. Hot. So, you know. Boom, Sin City. Boom, Sin City. Most <laughs> yeah, exactly. by Frank I don't know if I can say <laughs> But yeah, so that's how she died. She found the highest cliff on the most Greek soil that she could find and was like, I'm bringing this dude back. And she dove headfirst, and then Xerxes never won a fight again. That's pretty Take that, Xerxes. So I guess uh, it comes down to the same question I asked Jordan and I asked Andy was, 
I guess for both of them, Sigurd and then Artemnesia. I don't think I'm saying her name right anytime, but whatever. Artemnesia, yeah. Artemnesia. Um, what is like the moral or effect that their life had on others around them or during the time, I guess, that was big? I feel like the moral of the story for me today is that love conquers all. And yeah. the love for power for Sigurd ended up being his demise. So... I feel like the moral of the story would be just be true to who you are. Like just love unconditionally. And you, you love that you killed that guy. You love his head, put it next to you. And you love the fact that he snaggled tooth your leg and you're dead. (laughs) (laughs) So the problem is, is that he just loved power too much. And so just don't be an asshole about love. How about that? Yeah. And the (laughs) Artemisia one seems like she just more or less got screwed over and was just yeah, she up. did, and oh, she you. she fought for a king who really didn't care. He just wanted to conquer. Yeah. I mean, it is Xerxes after all. He was a god king. I mean he he had the he had the little like applaud of like yo you let you let her be a general that's impressive for women and stuff like that. But I mean in reality, controlling dude. In reality, he was still using a woman. So yeah, controlling you know. exactly. dude. <laughs> But but I would say that the ultimate thing is to take away from this is don't let love destroy you, but love. Aww. How about that? You know, E-L-E. Everybody love everybody. But how about that? You know. I don't see a that. fool wrap your severed head. <laughs> <laughs> don't be a fool wrap your severed head. I would have loved to do a full episode on Sigurd, dude, but it was like, ah, yeah, he grew up and he died. (laughs) That's pretty much it. Dude, he died because of a tooth. Did you hear about that? Um, Another cool fact about Artemnesia, just if anybody wants any more further education on her. Yeah. She did defeat the Athenians. It's when Sparta showed up that she got fucked. I mean, she couldn't handle Spartans, her 300. Bro. Whenever Master Chief shows up in the Spartans, it's always a tough one. That 117, dude. Just shows yeah. up. It's there. But And, I mean, honestly, do you do you think that Artemisia died with a giant smile on her face when she dolphin dove? I honestly <laughs> think you? she did, dude. She, she died with a smile on her face? She, she was like, dude, I'm out. saving this man's life. Yeah. And then opened her arms out, smiled, and was... Ee! All the way down, and then one way or another, she's, she's seeing him. I mean, it, like the way to look at it is if Xerxes never won a battle again and all that shit was. I mean, she could have brought her love back in a sense of like. Uh, well, no, that 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 was like the whole thing that, like, about her her story was that she didn't bring him back, but she brought about like a different kind. She brought about what her husband would have wanted. Right, yeah, that's what I'm saying. She she brought him back in a sense of he was a spooky ghost that just fucked up the battle. Dude, like, you can look it up. It's Cersei's as soon as she dies, like, disappeared from history. It's, like, super weird. Kind of cool. And, I mean, Xerxes would be a cool death, but nobody knows how Xerxes died because he just disappeared, dude, from history books. There is shit about Artemdesia that people know. Nobody knows shit (laughs) about Xerxes. So that's kind of cool for me. He went on the hunt for Attila the Hun's dinosaur and never found it. Dude, he tried to find the coffin so bad and drowned in the river. (laughs) 
uh, all right well i think uh i think that about wraps it up for the episode i think it was a good one and uh appreciate you doing the research and bringing it all to us ray and thanks for listening to the death address follow our social media pages on facebook twitter and instagram for exclusive information on what's to come and to ask us questions Take a look at our website at www.deathshifter.com. You can find all of the links there as well as some information about the Death Shifter team. If you're interested in supporting the show, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash deathshifter. We'll see you all next time. Till then, take care of yourselves and don't forget to tip your death guides. Time to learn, time to laugh, it's the death of dread.